0: Welcome to Thoughts on the Market. I'm Mike Wilson, Chief Investment Officer and Chief U.S. Equity Strategist for Morgan Stanley. Along with my colleagues bringing a variety of perspectives, I'll be talking about the latest trends in the financial marketplace. It's Monday, July 20th at 1130 a.m. in New York, so let's get after it. Albert Einstein is credited with saying compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it, and he who doesn't pays it. Whether Mr. Einstein was in fact the one who first said this, it's quite possibly one of the greatest financial truths the world has ever known. However, today's interest rates are zero, and even negative in some cases. On a real basis, interest rates are negative all the way out to 30 years in the U.S. And while we can't ask him today, I wonder what Albert Einstein would have to say about that. It seems to me that the corollary to his statement might apply. When real interest rates are negative, it's called financial repression, and it very well might be the ninth wonder of the world. It's a boon to borrowers and a tax on savers. As with compound interest, he who understands it reaps its rewards, while he who doesn't watches his real wealth shrink. A big part of investing is understanding what investment regime we're in. Over the past 20 years, we've been living in a world dominated by monetary policy decisions. This monetary policy dominance has been a function of three things. First, potential growth in the developed world has been falling as population growth slowed and productivity failed to maintain its blistering pace in the 1990s. Second, a tremendous amount of debt has been borrowed by governments, corporations, and individuals as a means of offsetting this lower potential growth. Finally, in order to service this debt, interest rates were required to move lower too. And in the absence of higher inflation, central banks have been willing to oblige and support this borrowing binge not only by taking overnight interest rates to zero, but promising to keep them there indefinitely. If that weren't enough, they've also signed up to effectively monetize the trillions of dollars of debt that have been issued by governments around the world to support economic growth. It's quite easy to see how this circle of increased borrowing and monetary support feeds into the narrative of low growth and low interest rates for as long as the eye can see. Until now. In the investment world, monetary policy dominance has manifested itself in several distinct ways. Valuations have expanded for any stream of cash flow in the future. The longer the duration of the projected cash flows, the greater the impact. This is a function of the lower interest rate used to discount those future cash flows back to today. Another way of thinking about it is that in the absence of a safe place to store one's money without accepting a negative real interest rate, the incentive to invest for larger cash flows in the future has gone up. But something has changed in the last iteration of this circular game of financial repression. A new player has emerged on the stage, and that could break the loop. In the past, the Fed and other central banks have been essentially begging people to borrow and spend the free money that they've been offering. The reality is that there have been few takers, at least in the way the Fed would like. Sure, plenty of companies have levered up in an effort to raise their return on equity and buy back stock, and meanwhile, consumers have been more than willing and happy to refinance mortgages at lower rates of interest. But this is merely a financial arbitrage that doesn't generate faster growth sustainably. What we really need is for someone to take that free money and spend it in a real economy on either consumption or investment. Such an increase in the velocity of money will finally lead to what central banks really need to gradually extinguish the growing debt, inflation. Fast forward to today, we may be getting closer than investors think with the advent of helicopter money. The Fed's money printing is now going directly to those people and businesses who will actually spend it in a real economy, and that means inflation. Going back to our ninth wonder of the world, inflation can be a friend to borrowers at today's lower interest rates, and quite damaging to savers willing to lend it. But that's exactly how the circular loop of the past 20 years reverses. Overvalued, long-duration investments will likely suffer in such an environment, while assets levered to higher inflation will benefit. This would include things like financials, commodities, and investments centered on infrastructure and healthcare.